Welcome to Asia Edit et al, the podcast that brings you research publishing tips direct from industry experts. I'm your host, Trevor Lane. Hello, on today's podcast, I'm joined by Tom Olehook, the Editor-in-Chief of the Directory of Open Access Journals, or DOAJ. DOAJ is a non-profit organization and is the world's main indexing service for peer-reviewed open access journals. Open access means the journals are free for readers, the opposite of subscription journals. The good news is that DOAJ is free for researchers to use. We'll also discuss Coalition S and Plan S, where some research funders require authors to publish in open access journals. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for your time. And my first question is just a simple one. Is it D-O-A-J or is it pronounced Doaj? So that's a good question. D-O-A-J and Doaj is both good, but the French people prefer Doaj, I think. Oh. So that is a question of how you look at uh, letters. Okay. So we'll use D-O-A-J, but we'll bear in mind it can be called if you live in France. Can you tell me when and why DOAJ started and how you yourself got involved? It started in 2003 when open access took off. Well, it took off 10 years before, but then it became more in the picture. And then Lars Bjornshauger and others at the University of Lund Library thought it would be a good idea to have an index for open access journals. So they started the directory of open access journals with 300 journals. And I myself became involved after 2012 because that was the time that I started to look into open access matters as a freelancer. And I started by going to a conference called the Berlin 10, the 10th anniversary of the Berlin Declaration on Open Access in 2002. And there I met Lars and very many other people like Cameron Naden. And after this meeting, I got invited in the advisory board of the DOAJ, where we had to look at a revamping of the whole database and reapplication of all the existing entries because the database grew very, very much. So that's where I started in the advisory board and then I joined DOAJ as an editor like in 2014 and 2015 as an editor-in-chief. Right, and do you know how many journals there are in it today? Today we have 16,400 journals listed. How many countries are included in DOAJ and is Asia well represented? There is uh, about 80 countries Mm -hmm. listed. And Asia is well represented, but if you look at how many articles are published from China, for example, then of course we don't have as many journals from China as from other countries like the US or Germany or Italy or France. So there is a discrepancy between how many journals or how many articles that are published in a certain country and how many journals we list from that country. And that is mainly due, of course, also to the language. Although we list journals that are Q 
purely Chinese or Korean, no English at all. But still, there is, of course, also the other side that the Chinese people have to know about DOJ and go there and be listed and see why they should. Okay. And so the journals don't have to be in English to be indexed? No, not at all. No. Okay. Which country has the most open access journals in the world? Well, at the moment, I think it is like Indonesia. And it's because there is uh, so many universities that have all journals of their own. So one university, 10 journals or so, and many, many universities. And they are all open access. And of course, in other countries, you have the subscription journals and the open access journals. And open access is growing. Mm -hmm. And subscription is perhaps diminishing a bit. Your index accepts all types of topics and disciplines. It's not specific ones. Yes, I think the main thing about our index is that we are taking all kinds of topics. And we also want to have many, many journals on arts and humanities, mm -hmm. which are uh, not disregarded, but uh, lower in numbers in other indexes, like the Scopus of Web of Science. So we want to have more emphasis on those ones. I think the most important thing is that we don't rank. We don't say this is the best journal in history, this is the best journal in molecular biology. So for us, every journal that fulfills our criteria is good. And it is about the content for the researchers that they can be sure that the journal is good and where the content is doesn't really matter as long as it's in a good journal. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Now, DOHJ is independent of any groups, of independent of government, companies, or specific publishers. So how is it funded, independent, but also it's free for journals to be indexed? For the moment, we always had the sponsoring program and the yeah, subscriber program. You can say members of DOHJ, but it's not strictly a member organization, of course. So we have a sponsoring scheme where people voluntarily give money for one year. It was all the time. And also most of our money comes from libraries and library associations. So there is uh, various groups. You have the individuals, you have the library and the library associations that we have, consortia. And we have the possibility of government sometimes through organizations for research giving some money, but that is minor. And of course, the publishers themselves give money, but most of our money comes not from the publishers, but from libraries. Now, an important question, who actually makes the indexing decisions? So in principle, our system is that we have editorial teams all over the world that judge the different journals in different languages. And they, of course, Korean group judges the Korean journals and English journals. And they give us a recommendation. Is it acceptable or not? And then managing editors in DOAJ, we have uh, about uh, 12 managing editors, have uh, the coaching of each of the editorial groups and they make the final decisions on rejection or acceptance or based on the recommendations of the editors of the voluntary editorial groups. So the final recommendation is uh, in the hands of the managing editor team. 
And what are the actual criteria? Well, the most important criteria is, of course, that it has to be an open access journal with immediate open access. You have to have your content online immediately open, and it has to be possible to do everything with the text according to a certain license that you use. So open access is not just free content on the internet to be taken from the internet and then to do something with it. We insist on having a license that describes what you can do with the content and also a copyright that says that the copyright is for the authors, preferably. But we can accept if the copyright is transferred, as was always the case in subscription journals. But in that case, still, it has to be an open access license that is used by the publisher. There's also the 16 principles of transparency and best practice in scholarly publishing, also used by the Committee on Publication Ethics, Open Access Scholarly Publishers Association, and World Association of Medical Editors. How do you use those? Well, those are also part of the basic criteria that we use. The transparency will say that the publisher name must be not looking like another famous publisher, for example, or the journal name. It must be clear where this publisher is based and not some postbox in Arizona when the operation is out of India or something like that. And there are many principles of transparency, also transparency on what it costs to publish with that journal, who the editors are, if they are real persons, and they should. They have to have affiliations so that you know that the persons exist and where they are and what kind of expertise they have. And these kind of things. And this is a very much the basic set of criteria on top of the open access copyright licensing issues that I described before. Okay. And just to clarify, because I know there's two main types of open access, because there's green open access, meaning that the authors can put their authors accepted manuscript online to share publicly. And then there's gold open access, which is the journal sharing the final paper or the version of record, and it's free for readers. So DOAJ is indexing gold open access journals, is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, but then there's different types of gold. So it doesn't always mean the author has to pay something. No, gold open access means journal open access in principle. And green open access means that the content can be in a repository anywhere in the world. Right. Normally it will be a university, a server or a computer where this content is accessible. But I think there is much confusion in the world about these flavors because you have bronze, you have gold, you have diamond. So at the moment, the consensus is that we don't talk that much about gold open access. We just talk about open access. But there is a tendency to use diamond open access, which is the form of open access where you don't have to pay any charges to the journal. So not just the APC, but no submission charges or figure charges or whatever can be done extra from the APC. Diamond is no fees at all, so not even the traditional No fees, fees at all. Of and diamond journals are open access journals in our sense, so with a license and with copyright uh, issues. 
and they don't charge at all. And they have been studied in a group from Coalition S, where they have also published the results of how many diamond open access journals there are and what they look like and in what disciplines they are, etc. Now, in diamond open access, does the copyright always stay with the author? That is not necessary. For the Coalition S, which we talk about later perhaps, but Coalition S wants all the articles to be copyrighted by the author. Copyright stays with the author. But in principle, open access can also be an article published by a publisher who has the copyright transferred from the author, Mm. and then they publish it in open access. Mm. So it's a possibility that Diamond Journals are just journals published by a publisher who doesn't charge. And it may be that this publisher can have the copyright, but perhaps there is no sense in it. So there may be many journals in Diamond that have the copyright retained by the author. Okay, that brings me to the next question. Is There's something on the DOAJ called a DOAJ seal. So that one includes extra things like the author keeping the copyright. Yes. And also that we say there is an archiving. There was recently, there was an article that when journals disappear, then also the content disappears. And that is a shame. So many of those journals that disappear may have had content that is still of interest to researchers now. So it's a very good thing if journals are archived for uh, long-term preservation then. So that is one of the things that we ask for the seal in its current form. And uh, also if you have DOIs for articles, then of course you can find the articles better. It's an index for the articles. And you, uh, yeah, the copyright for the authors is very important. And having the metadata of the journals that they also upload their text, their full text to the DOAJ, that that is all kinds of things for the seal. But I have to say in its current form, because if you look at our directory, many of the sealed journals are uh, journals from big publishers because they can really easily fulfill many of those criteria, technical criteria like the DOIs and the preservation and all these kind of things. And we are rethinking the seal at the moment. Don't know where it heads, but we want to emphasize a bit more of the strength of Diamond Open Access So that people who come to the DOAJ directory, if you want to have a good journal, then of course it's a quality issue for the seal, like the preservation, the DOIs, uh, the the copyright for the author, the CCBY license that you have, or another one. And perhaps people will get interested more and more in having a good quality journal that don't charge anything. And that's why we'll just amend the seal or redraw the seal and give those journals a better place and highlight that they exist in the DOJ database. So we mentioned before, open access doesn't just mean free for the reader. It should also mean free, readily available for sharing and reuse by the user. And you mentioned CC BY, which is Creative Commons BY, or attribution license, meaning the user just has to cite the paper and then they can use any part of it in the future and then there's a few other 
licenses, share-alike and non-commercial. So the DOAJ seal is rewarding the sharing of user level to promote open research and open science. Is that right? Yes, in the current form, the seal also allows the non-commercial variant of open access, which is criticized sometimes by purist open access advocates because they say, well, commercial is not a good license in their view. Huh? But of course, if content can be shared freely, non-commercially, then it's still having access for many people that may need that information. So it's just um, we follow the possibilities of the Creative Commons licenses. But the DOAJ seal doesn't allow the ND or non-derivatives license, does it? Why is that? If you are not allowed to build on the work or to change it or to translate it, for example, without the uh, pertinent uh, yeah, permission of the publisher or the author, then we don't allow, well, in this case for the seal of the author, then we don't allow it. And then something else you don't allow, I think, is hybrid journals. Can you explain hybrid? Yes, well, hybrid journals have been sold by publishers as an intermediate form towards open access. So you have journals that are subscription journals and they publish some of their articles as open access. It's also called choice open access sometimes. So some of the content of a journal is then open access. And this is a form that should lead to full open access journals eventually, but it is there for a long time and it has never led or almost never led to a full open access journals. And that is the reason that we say we only want to index open access journals 100%. And if the journal is hybrid, then we just wait till it's full open access and then they can be listed. So hybrid journals are not accepted for that reason, because it's not that you go to a journal and all the content is open access. And we mentioned gold open access doesn't mean the author has to pay. So sometimes the author pays, sometimes the author doesn't pay. But diamond means the author doesn't pay. So does DOAJ show the fees, the information when you search for a journal? Yes. So we have one of the questions in our form where we ask for the APCs. Mm. And of course, there is perhaps there are differences in APCs that are asked from different authors. Sometimes the journal asks another APC from people from their country than from abroad. We ask the amounts in the form that we have. And these amounts of APC are also displayed in the information on the journals. So you can see if a journal has APCs or not. Right. So we have, in our current database, we have 11,000 something journals that don't charge APCs from the 16,000 that in all we have. Right, just to be clear, so APC is the article processing charge. It's what authors sometimes have to pay to publish in open access journals. And you're saying that more than 70% of the journals in DOAJ actually don't charge APC. So it's not true that you always have to pay for... Okay. No. Okay. 
and your index also shows if there's a waiver available for people who can't pay. Yes, that and, is a required uh, information oh, for the okay. publishers. I noticed also something very useful to authors. It shows the submission to publication time, so that's useful to know. Yes, it should be there because this gives an indication of the peer review process, of course. Yeah. Now, researchers can use the doaj.org website to search and find open access journals from all around the world, but there's also links to the content, to the full text articles, is that right? Yes, and it leads back to the journals. Now, do you keep public list of journals that get delisted? Do you do a regular quality control? And there's the issue of possible predatory journals. How do you handle those? So what we do is when journals are removed that are listed in our database and they are removed afterwards, then we have a public list where you can see that journals are removed. And the reason is most of the time that they, doesn't, they don't fulfill the criteria anymore. Perhaps they are not open access anymore, which is possible. Or there may be other reasons that they are removed. So they don't uh, fulfill the rules of the best practice anymore. And if journals are predatory or questionable or whatever you name it, they don't enter in the DOAJ because we have pre-checks. So journals that uh, apply to the DOAJ are still looked at by a team before they enter the formal reviewing process. Yeah. But we don't have any predatory journals in the DOAJ, I can say. And if we have, they may slip through. I mean, there is always a chance of missing things. We are alerted by uh, our users on certain titles that may be not so good as we thought then we may also remove them for reasons of not complying with yeah, best publishing practices. And you won't find any marks with our public database that we remove journals for predatory behavior, that we don't keep predatory lists or okay. blacklists or whatever what you can call it. Finally, from this year, Coalition S and its Plan S starts in Europe meaning that publicly funded research should be published in old open access journals or platforms where the authors keep the copyright and apply a CC BY or attribution license and all the fees are transparent. And Partly true. Right, and hybrid journals are not allowed, but if they're so-called transformative, they are, and it's quite complicated. So can you explain yes. what... Um, in a simple term, what that is, because there are going to be other funders, of course, like charities like Welcome Trust, yeah. the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, also following Plan S. Maybe other governments might follow Plan S. So Plan S is about open access journals, immediate open access. Licensing should be there. Copyright for the authors. The license should be a CCBY. And there is also the possibility, I think, for no derivative in the Plan S option. So, because uh, some of the arts humanities journals have issues with building on works that have taken years, you know, is another kind of publications than in STEM content. So, you have to have a journal, and that is important. If you publish in a journal 
that is listed in the DOAJ, then you fulfill the criteria for Coalition S. So it's a requirement that your journal is listed in the DOAJ. There is one exception, or more exceptions perhaps. We don't list transformative journals, which are journals that promise to be open access in three years or four years or so. But Plan S does accept journals that have a transformative contract or publishers that have such contracts. So that is the thing between the coalition S and the publisher and the journal. But those journals, they may have open access content, and those are hybrids then, and they will increase their open access content until they are fully open access. And only at that moment will they be listed in the DOAJ. And that may take three years ago. But there is also the possibility that you fulfill the Plan S, Coalition S requirements if you allow the authors to put their articles in a repository immediately upon publication with a CCBY license and a copyright for the author. And that is the copyright retention uh, clause in Coalition S, Plan S at the moment. So you can imagine that you as an author are going to publish in a journal that is a subscription journal, but the subscription journal allows you to put a copy of your article in a repository and give you the copyright of that article and you use a CCBY license in the repository. And then it's okay. So it's still possible that an open access situation like more or less the green situation will exist and is allowed by Coalition S, so that another kind of open access. And then in that case, in principle, the funder should pay for the article being published in the journal. But uh, of course, I think this construction has emerged because a number of researchers were complaining that they had no freedom to publish where they want. And they were afraid that they cannot publish in that good journals that they were always publishing in because it's a subscription journal. So that is a way out for those journals to keep their authors and for the authors to keep publishing there. Is there a way that listeners can find an approved Plan S journal list? Yeah, well, there is something in the making, I would say. Um, But the best thing for the moment is that you go to the checker tool, and then you find out if a journal complies with the retention strategy Mm. or complies with the Coalition S rules for open access journals. Okay, so there's a journal checker tool. Yeah, the journal checker tool you can go to and then you put in the name of a journal that you're thinking of, of that you want to information on. And then the tool gives you, if it's complying with Coalition S and if it's the right retention strategy or if it's complying with the open access indexing in DOJ or whatever is uh, the case. Okay, so it's different options and it's called journal checker tool, all one word. Yes, T-A-C-T, yeah. Dot .org. There's also a Sherpa Romeo website. Will that have similar information? The Sherpa Romeo will give you information about where you can deposit under what conditions. And there were callers involved as well. But I think they dropped the callers now. 
So, yeah, in principle, it gives the policies from the publisher concerning the articles so that the authors can look up what they are allowed to do with the article. And it's also a source for the journal Tekka tool. So, I mean, the journal Tekka tool is going to look up this property of the journal in the Sherpa Romeo database and in the DOAJ and in the yeah, unpayable situation, etc. There is many different sources that are used for checking information. Okay. Well, listeners can find out more about DOAJ at doaj.org. That's doaj.org. And at this point then, Tom, thank you so much for your time and for joining me on today's podcast. Yeah, thank you. It was very nice talking to you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Asia Edit et al. podcast. For more publishing advice, visit asiaedit.com. I'm Trevor Lane, and I hope you tune in next time for more expert publishing tips. 